What a good morning. Any morning where their baptisms is a good morning. Watching people give their lives to Jesus and get right with him is part, that's just, there's nothing better. Oh, Father. Father, I just ask right now that you would cause our hearts to open to what's on your heart. We thank you for the testimonies we've seen and for the lives that are transformed. Lord, we're asking that you do that in every one of us today. Cause our hearts to shift to a hunger to hear your voice. And we pray that in Jesus' name. At Dayspring, we have a theme every month. And this month, the theme is actually hearing the voice of God. And so I want to tackle that this morning. Great fun. Um, I know it's one of my favorite transitions in my life was when I recognized that God actually talked. Um, It was a shock. I was a really, really good Christian. I memorized masses of scripture. And then one day I encountered the Holy Spirit and suddenly I heard a voice. Suddenly the scripture in front of me came alive and it just leapt off the page and there was just so much life in it. I didn't know you could hear God's voice. Scripture says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's our promise. Got a little video that's kind of fun. Let me set it up for you for a minute. You're going to see four people out trying to get the attention of a flock of sheep. Three of them are strangers. The last one is their master, the farmer. Watch this, and then I'll be right back. One more time. Oh my God! Oh my God! I can't believe 
my sheep hear my voice. God is so intentional with the illustrations that he gives. Do you get the revelation there? When you know God, you know his voice. And what's not his voice? When you know his voice, you know what to do. You know where to go. So I'm going to say it again. So much of your Christian life is empowered by hearing God's voice. So true. Let's just push on one more scripture. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Melissa was talking about that struggle we all have to bring faith into circumstances where we're, we're up against things that don't line up with what we believe the word says. And, you know, to, to shift that, we have to find faith somewhere. There's got to be faith. And yet it's impossible to find faith if we're not grounded in the word. The challenge is, what do we really mean by that? The exact wording of that verse in, in the Greek is, faith comes by hearing concerning Christ, the word concerning Christ. So it, the, the important part there is that the word is not what's on a page, it's the person. That's not to diminish the value of the page, but it's the person. It's hearing the, what the person is saying. It's that living, alive word. The second piece in that verse is that the, the word there is the word rhema, not the word logos. Logos it, it applies primarily to written word. Rhema applies to that living, active, alive, vibrant, the, the word that comes alive inside of us. Yes. So scripture says that we're going to find faith when that living and active word is at work in us. When the word of God becomes a living thing that's alive in me. Now the challenge for the church, I'm going to need a tissue this morning. We got some kind of pollen going on. And Sorry about that, guys. Thank you. Lest I drip on my notes and that would not be very good. <laughs> There's two camps in the church. There shouldn't be two camps, but there are two camps. There's the word camp and the spirit camp. And the problem is that it's a false dichotomy. And what we do is we, we attack the other group because they're not like us. And so our attack goes something like this. From the word camp, we're concerned about emotionalism. And from the spirit camp, we're concerned about cerebral, without life, whatever. But we, we all have our excuses for why the other one's wrong. And the challenge is that the body of Christ doesn't need two camps. It needs one camp. It needs a people of the word and the spirit. Any Christianity that is not based on scripture, is, is, is a new age mysticism. It has nothing to do with truth. It, it's not real. But at the same time, any Christianity that ignores intimacy with the Holy Spirit is going to lose presence and power. So somehow we have to come from two camps to one camp. One of our friends in England, a man by the name of David Watson, said it this way. He said, all word and no spirit, we dry up. 
All spirit and no word we blow up. Both word and spirit we grow up. I just think he did that exceptionally well. David Watson was, he was the victor of St. Michael the Belfry. His, his assistant was a young man by the name of Graham Cook. And those two guys together were actually responsible for bringing much of the charismatic move to Britain. They, they literally shifted culture in Britain. Um, they, they were in ones that invited John Wimber across to England and the whole healing move began in England because of the work David Watson did. And he was, he was a man of the word, but also a man of the spirit. He understood the tension in those two things. Speaking to Melissa's word this morning, when Graham Cook, uh, not Graham Cook, sorry, <laughs> David Watson died of cancer and it shook the nation because the man that was teaching healing with the greatest voice. And if we're not careful, those circumstances determine our theology. Instead of understanding we have an enemy that robs, kills, and destroys. Why didn't he get healed? I don't know. It's one of my list of very many questions when we get to heaven. I've got lots of whys. But the truth is, we need to be a people that embrace both the Word and the Spirit. Remember when I was filled with the Spirit, I wrote a letter to my parents and kind of explained this new encounter with the Holy Spirit and how the Word had come alive and how I could hear the Father's voice for the first time. And over the next three years, I got letters from my mother every two or three weeks. And every letter warned me to stay out of emotionalism. Every letter. Somewhere in every letter, she was coming from the word camp and I was now in the spirit camp and in her mind, she had to deal with the emotionalism. If we're not careful, we are gonna live our lives in camps instead of together as the body of Christ, being a people of the word and of the spirit. There was a fascinating survey done in the late 80s in England, and it was a survey of the church background of the leaders in the charismatic and new church movement in the nation. And over 90% of the leaders in those movements were either brethren background or Baptist background. Why? They had so much word, foundation in them that when the word and the spirit work together, it produced something. Yeah. If we're gonna hear the voice of God, we need to be a people of the word and of the spirit. John chapter 14. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a person, not a doctrine, not a denomination, not an optional experience. The Holy Spirit's a person. And if we're gonna hear the voice of God, we've gotta, we're actually hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. The way God speaks is through his word and through his spirit. And so we've got to become attuned to the Holy Spirit's voice. 
Without the Holy Spirit's active participation, you're going to feel like the heavens are closed over your head. But the more you push into a life and intimacy of the Spirit, the more the, the, the heavens literally open around us, we begin to hear. It's the Holy Spirit who reveals the voice of God into our hearts. So it's really important as we start into this month of hearing the voice of God that the Holy Spirit takes a place of importance and it's not a place above Jesus. Or that's, that's nothing like what I'm saying. But sometimes we relegate the Holy Spirit to this convicting voice that's going to keep us from sin. And, and he, we fail to let him fully possess us in a way that causes us to hear clearly the voice of God. And in this season, in our nation, in our lives, in our political realm, I mean, we're in a nation so div incredibly divided right now. We don't need another set of voices. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings the written word to life. Speaks conviction or direction. It's that still, small voice. I will never forget that voice. God broke some things in me and I surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I didn't, I didn't speak in tongues when I got baptized in the Spirit. If that messes with your theology, that's okay. Um, I did later, finally gave up and spoke in tongues, but I, I received the fullness of the Spirit well before, way before I spoke in tongues. Suddenly, I began to read the word and I just couldn't get enough. I could hear that gentle, quiet voice of the Spirit making it alive to you. It becomes the most precious thing in life is that there's an intimacy with him that, that's outside of all the noise and chaos that goes on around us. The more we give the Spirit a place of honor in our life, the more sensitive we'll become to his voice. My encouragement and the prayer at the end of this morning is that we would be sensitized to the voice of the Holy Spirit. There are many Christians, many in this room, that are faithfully being obedient to God, but you're longing for a clearer hearing of His voice. That's our goal in this month, is that we would press into a clearer hearing, a much clearer hearing. So our, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit is going to sharpen our sensitivity. Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13 for a moment. Now we have received the spirit, of, we, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Have you ever just taken a whole day or a whole week and just meditate on that one verse? There's a transformation that happens in us. There, there, there's something that actually shifts in the whole way we think and process information when the Holy Spirit breaks into the noise that's coming all around us. The world does not need the body of Christ crusading for 
things that the world thinks have value or things a political party thinks have value. I, 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 believe, I believe in voting. I, 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 please don't mishear me. But some of us have equated our political views with our spiritual views. And somehow we've got to get out of that into a, a fellowship of the Spirit that, that takes us beyond those and gives us a, an understanding of what are we supposed to be doing right now in this time, in this place? How do we live now in this moment? How do we be part of the solution, not part of the problem? How do we bridge gaps? How do we call people into fellowship? He freely gives us these things. If you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to have to give up your preoccupation with the noise that's in this realm. Hello? (laughs) If you want to hear the voice of God, you're going to have to give up your preoccupation with the noise that's in this realm. I like the news. I like knowing what's happening. I I like to be aware of what's going on. But if you're not careful, the news becomes the noise. The news can determine your disposition. (laughs) How can we let something in this realm determine how we feel that should be coming out of that realm? God wants to bring us into a place where he's combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. I mean, we're designed by God to be able to transcend the natural and respond to his voice. You're designed this way. My sheep hear my voice. It's not a, if you get to a certain level of spiritual maturity, you can hear my voice. No, my sheep hear my voice. Somehow we have to begin to believe that and wherever we are in our walk with God, say, God, I want to hear your voice more clearly than I do right now. I go through seasons of my life when I hear incredibly clearly and then it seems like all the noise creeps in and it gets cloudy and you just, you're battling in the midst of noise to hear. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? believe that God's bringing a laser focus into the body of Christ in this moment where we begin to trust the Holy Spirit to hear and to direct. My primary goal in the next 25 minutes is I, I'm, I think others are going to talk about the internal obedience to the voice of the Spirit and the way that impacts us as a person I want to focus this morning on the external manifestation of the work of the Spirit in us. Because I believe what what the world needs right now is a body of people that hear him and obey him. And it's the obedience that changes the circumstance and the environment we're in. There's a principle that's laid down in Genesis. And the principle is that the Spirit of God brooded over the disorder and chaos in the earth. 
Genesis. We read in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. There's disorder. There's, there's chaos. There's, there, there's total lack of order. And the Holy Spirit comes and broods over that. And then into that, God's voice speaks and creation happens. I believe that in this moment of disorder and chaos in the nations of the earth, India is going through one of the great, great crises in this moment. In these moments of great chaos, it's the Holy Spirit at work through the body of Christ that actually begins to speak order back into those circumstances. So it's not coming from a position, it's coming from a person. It's not coming from a persuasion, it's coming from a person. It's a personal, in-depth relationship with the Holy Spirit. So when we do his work, we should expect to hear his voice and operate in the power of his spirit. We should just expect to. It shouldn't be, you have to get trained to do this. Now, please get trained. You know, do, do the stuff to learn how to do it. But this is, this is for every believer. This is for every believer. I've watched people brand new in the faith catch the fire for hearing the voice of God and being obedient and see him transform circumstances. And I've seen people save 20 years still sitting in the pew waiting for the anointing or unction to do it. It's time. It's time in our nation. It's time in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit's always ready to give us the keys to unlock the situation. Always ready. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, he says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. But to each one. Now, I, th I think that must be a misprint. It must be to the elite or to the special or to the leaders or to the, no, no, to everyone is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What does the word manifestation mean? Really simple. Manifestation means that what's invisible takes on a visible form. That's all manifestation means. The invisible God, the invisible Holy Spirit takes on a visible form in a manifestation. One of the strongest proofs that the gifts of the Spirit are today is that the manifestations of the Spirit are necessary to transform society. Amen. I've watched the Holy Spirit break through in the most incredible circumstances when, when he does something that nothing, no logic, no persuasion can do. Know your word, know the foundation, but trust the Holy Spirit to bring that to life. I don't have time to go into that today, but in, in the armor passage in Ephesians 6, it's fascinating that all of the armor is defensive except for the sword of the Spirit. But notice that the sword of the Spirit is the Spirit's sword, not your sword. And 
is you exercise the sword of the Spirit. You're releasing the Spirit to release the power of the Word to transform society. Your offense is down to one thing, the Word and the Spirit. The two go together and work together. Otherwise, we don't advance the kingdom. That's, I was going to skip that point because time. <laughs> oh, well. So the next three verses go through nine manifestations of the Spirit. We're familiar with these. We've heard these. Probably been to classes on these. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles, gift of prophecy, discern the spirits, gift of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Read down through all those in verses 8 through 10. The person of the Holy Spirit makes the manifestations of the Spirit available to us whenever they're needed. Now, you may operate in one gift more than another. That just I think that's normal for all of us as believers. But I, I've always seen it more like a toolbox than a pin. Yeah. You know, we want to wear these, well, I've prophesied, I've spoken tongues, I've, 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 and we want to wear, we want to try to get all nine merit badges so we can pass <laughs> into the next, and, and we've missed it. The manifestations of the Spirit are a toolbox we carry, and every tool you need is in that toolbox. Whenever you need it, just reach in and use it. When we understand the incredible breadth of the life of the Spirit and the way the Spirit wants to use us, we, we begin to accept that He wants to do more through us than we've yet believed or understood. Most of us are waiting to do what we've already been equipped to do. Most of us are waiting to do what we've already been equipped to do. Most of us are waiting to do what we've already been equipped to do. We want, somehow we want a special anointing. We want a special something. We want something to push us out into it. Just do it. We've all received the Holy Spirit. If you came to Jesus, you've received the Holy Spirit. And I believe there's already always more. I didn't know how much more there was when I started. But I keep finding more. I can take you back to about five encounters in my life, and each one released more. I had to get rid of some theology that didn't believe there was more because my theology was keeping me from the very thing I needed. But these gifts in that verse, we just, gifts it said are for the common good. Do you see that? Those gifts are not for you, not for your recognition. They're not for your advancement. They're not so that you appear more anointed. The gifts are so somebody else is touched with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we realize that this isn't a marriage badge system, but it's an impartation. It's a, it's a touching the lives of people. It will change how we look at the gifts of the Spirit. 
I want in these last few minutes, I want to just look at these gifts very briefly. I've always found it helpful to break them down into three groupings. The first group are the gifts of revelation. You can call them God's eyes, um, seeing what he sees. I know when I look at a circumstance, when I look at a, a sick person in front of me, when I, when I look at the sickness in our society, I want to see what God sees. I know what I see, but I'm not sure that I'm seeing correctly. And so there's three gifts that kind of fall into this category. The first one is word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is knowledge or information that, that doesn't come from a natural source. It's a fragment of supernatural information that comes from the Holy Spirit given for a specific purpose to unlock a condition or to release faith. A word of knowledge is just that piece of information that he drops in your spirit. And, and when he drops in your spirit, he intends it to bear fruit. I remember being in a meeting in Brazil and somebody gave a word of knowledge over on this side of the platform. and It was a word about a girl with a deaf right ear. The moment that word was given, back in that corner, there were about 3,000 people in the room. Back in that corner of the room was a father and a daughter who was born deaf. A daughter born deaf. When the word was given, the deaf girl <laughs> began patting her right ear and it popped open. She could hear perfectly. That'll mess with you. That'll mess with you. The only reason we knew it happened was the father was sitting next to her, heard the word, and saw the reaction. And he brought her up to the platform and gave the testimony. A few minutes later, somebody over on this side of the line gave word of knowledge about a girl with a deaf left ear. Now, this girl hears sound, but she's never heard words. The moment she said left ear, that girl patted her left ear, and it popped open. By the end of the night, she was hearing perfectly in both ears. If you have any deafness of any kind, stand up right now. Put your hand on your ears. Whichever one's deaf or both, whichever it is. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we speak to deafness. We say, be gone in Jesus' name. We just release full hearing. And to everyone responding in this room now, we break that deafness now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Mm. If you can sense God touching you, just wave your hand at me so I can tell. Those standing, wave your hand. Okay, there's one at the back.
Okay, another one there, another one there. Okay, good. Okay, over the next couple of minutes, I want you to check your ear out. Get somebody with you to check it out. Go ahead and sit down. I'm going to keep pushing on. But I, I believe we're going to have at least two or three that have significant improvement before this is over. Amen. The second revelation gift is word of wisdom. It's the ability to take what God apply, gives and apply it using the gifts of the keys, the, the wisdom to do it. It's the divine wisdom needed to resolve a situation or apply the right solution. I was on the phone for over an hour yesterday with an elder dealing with a very difficult situation in, in their church. And what they needed was a word of wisdom. I got a message from them last night when they walked in the room the wisdom dropped in and they released it and actually got resolved in an incredibly difficult situation. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you need some wisdom now and then? That's in the toolbox. Instead of being getting frustrated by what you don't have, reach in the toolbox and say, God, I need a word of wisdom. I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The third just a revelation gift, God's eyes is discerning spirits. The supernatural gift of perception. Uh, lost my place. There we are. Given sovereignly by God to enable individuals to distinguish the motivating spirit behind words or actions or to know the source of any supernatural manifestation. We desperately need to know the source of manifestations. There's some stuff in our society right now. There's some things masquerading as spiritual, then they're not spiritual. There are no other spirit at work. And if we don't have discern of spirits, then we just, we reach out and kind of just embrace all these things that sound kind of like what we do. But there's healing therapies and there's things that actually come from the wrong side that we need to be incredibly aware of. And the body of Christ needs the discern of spirits to know which is God's and what's not. It's an important gift for the body. I'm not trying to teach on any of these. I just, I want us to understand that in the realm that we walk out into, there is a freedom in the spirit if we'll open ourselves to those tools. Amen. Second set of gifts is, are the gifts of speech, God's mouth. We want to speak what he speaks. How many of you know that's really important? You know, I, I don't want to speak out of my wisdom. I want to speak what he says, what he's hearing. And so prophecy is the ability that God gives members of the body to convey God's message for the moment to people in their own language. A message of edification, exhortation, comfort. Prophecy is either to God's people or to those in the world around us. One of the greatest evangelistic tools we have in this hour is to speak God's heart to a person. Sal and I had an encounter not long ago with a young lady, and we were able to speak exactly what the heart of God was saying and watch transformation take place. That's the heart of God for us as a body of Christ. We need to believe to be able to prophesy. Tongues, the spontaneous inspired utterance by the Holy Spirit when the normal voice is used, but the conscious mind plays little or no part. The key, the key in that little or no is that it is a will action to speak. But the mind isn't aware, comprehending necessarily what's going on. There's a difference there. Um, it, can be, it can be sung, it can be spoken, it 
Uh, scripture says there's various kinds of tongues. Have you ever explored that? I mean, sometimes we get caught in that experience at our, quote, baptism of the Spirit, but we don't ever grow into what tongues actually will be and can be to us. We need a whole morning on that, speaking in tongues. Interpretation of tongues is the other speech gift. Natural revelation, which enables a person to communicate in a language of listeners, the dynamic equivalent of what was spoken in tongues. That little phrase, dynamic equivalent, is important there. Some people get hung up when the length of the interpretation isn't exactly the length of the tongue that was given, and they kind of want a word for word. I don't, I don't really believe that that's what's supposed to happen. I believe the Holy Spirit gives you the, the, the gist of what's being said. It's not a word for word. And, you know, the, the thing that actually broke me from my history, which was I was extremely conservative Baptist. Um, I believed anybody that spoke in tongues was of the devil. And uh, I was in a charismatic meeting. I was 18 years old, uh, freshman in college in engineering school. And I'm in this meeting where I'm ridiculously uncomfortable. And this young man is praying in tongues next to me. And I just, I am utterly shocked when I hear him praying in fluent Swahili, a language I grew up in. And he's praising Jesus in perfect, fluent Swahili. And he's never been to Africa. I checked later afterwards. Did, have you ever, have you ever studied Swahili? He, had no, he didn't know what Swahili was. But that was the thing that broke me out of my history. And God, if you can do that, that's a various kinds of tongues. <laughs> I've prayed for that several times. We've been in situations where our translators in meetings around the world weren't so great and I really need the tongues badly. I've never, as far as I know, I've never done it, but I might have. I don't know. Yeah. Third batch of gift is the gift of power, God's hand. And when Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing, he's referring to the Father's hand. You know, what's the Father doing? How do we do what we, the Father's doing? Um, faith. That supernatural confidence from the Holy Spirit, that faith that's beyond our normal living faith. Um, Sally, Sally has walked in the gift of faith a number of times, and she describes it as this thing rises up inside of her. And it's just, she can feel it. She can just feel it rising up, and, and it releases a boldness and a confidence. Um, we, we saw a paralytic walk, and it was that gift of faith in Sally that spoke the word that called him out of, 30 years old, been a paralytic his entire life, most of his life on a pallet, and he walked, by the end of the night, walked normally. That, that's, that's not the normal faith we walk in, that's the gift of faith that is birthed out of the spirit. It's in the toolbox, we gotta figure out how to access the toolbox, but it's there for us, it's there for us. Um, healing, the anointing of God's hand to work through his people to heal the sick. If you were prayed for for deafness a minute ago, you've checked out your ears. Anybody can tell any a significant difference? Wave your hand if you can. Okay, one at the back, good. Two, good. Okay, another one over here. Excellent, excellent. Okay, excellent. Three, anybody else? Check it out. 
check it out. Listen, I believe in this stuff. That doesn't mean we always see it every time. I, 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 I want to get to that. Yeah. Sally and I have actually had three meetings in the last, since 28 years. In the last eight years, we've had three meetings where 100% of the sick in the room were healed. I, I think that's supposed to be normal, but I haven't figured out how to access it every time yet. All I know to do is keep being obedient and keep, keep pushing the boundaries back. And uh, all three of those times were in other nations. Um, you, you know, you, we can justify it from they have greater needs than we. We have all kinds of excuses, but I want to see that in our nation. Yeah. Our nation. Um, healing. Um, this gift is used to bring freedom to those bound in disease and infirmity. And finally, miracles. The intervention of God in the of the Holy Spirit in the natural order or the supernatural ability to suspend natural laws. We've, we've watched miracles where natural laws are shifted. You know, when a 90-year-old Sarah has a baby, that's a miracle. Okay, there's, there's nothing. She doesn't need to be healed. She needs a miracle. There's a natural law. Order has to be shifted. And I, I think we're walking into a season where we're going to see some of the greatest miracles we've ever experienced. I really do. I believe we're walking in that season because to shift the mindsets uh, of, uh, of the lost in our society, they need to see something. And I believe there's, there's breakthrough miracles coming. With all my heart, I believe that. Final verse for this morning. Uh, ministry teams get ready to come up. And uh, if I had a worship team still here, I don't know if they're still here, but I could use at least a keyboard this morning. Jude 20, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This is where I want to land this morning. Tongues is the only one of the gifts where there's a reference in 1 Corinthians 14.4. There's a reference to it edifying ourselves. There's something happens when we pray in tongues that actually strengthens us in the spirit. For too long, tongues has been relegated to be a 11 o'clock in the morning special person expression in church. But I believe the primary use of that gift is actually in our prayer life. In the mid-60s, Oral Roberts did a teaching on praying in the spirit. And many credit that teaching with the birth of the charismatic movement. Because up until that time, the primary belief structure in, in Pentecostal theology was that when you kind of got in the right place, the Holy Spirit grabbed your tongue and moved it. And so it was, it was the Holy Spirit actually doing the moving of your tongue to form the words. An oral taught that it's not about the Holy Spirit moving your tongue, it's about you yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And what happened when he taught that was the movement of the Holy Spirit began to sweep through traditional denominations because people understood it's yielding to the Holy Spirit. What happens when I pray in tongues is that the, 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 
link between my will and the Spirit is strengthened by that life in the Spirit so that my will, it becomes surrender to the Holy Spirit. I, and I begin to listen to His voice and I surrender to, to His wooings and there's a yield in myself so that the external voices, the, the, the enemy's temptation cannot get to that connection. He can sow a thought into your mind. He can sow an emotion into your feelings. He can sow a pain into your body, but he can't touch that link between the will and the spirit. And if we will strengthen that link between the will and the spirit, then we will become men and women of God who, ha who have available to us a hearing of God beyond anything we've experienced at this point. Ministry team, come down. Pray in the Spirit. We're connecting our the natural realm and the spiritual realm. We begin to be more influenced by what the Spirit is saying and doing than we are by the things going on around us. What would it be like if the body of Christ in this nation was, was to be influenced by the Spirit rather than by all the political drama going on? What would happen in our nation if the entire body of Christ would rise up as men and women full of the Holy Spirit. It would be healing to the land. Let's stand up together. If you're hungry this morning to hear more clearly, to yield your life Jesus to surrender to the Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning, I encourage you in these next few minutes to respond. If you've never received the gift of tongues or prophecy or any other, I, I, I actually prophesied before. I said, no, I interpreted tongues before I spoke in tongues. And I prophesied before I spoke in tongues. I had a word of knowledge before I spoke in tongues. I think tongues was almost the last one of the nine I got. It doesn't matter what order you get them in. Just get them. It doesn't matter. Go after him and go after more. So I invite you this morning, if you're hungry to hear the voice of God more clearly, just come down right now. And one of these team will pray with you. And let's just believe for a breakthrough time in the Holy Spirit. Let's believe for a breakthrough where the body of Christ begins to hear with such clarity. Father, we're tired of fighting in the dark. We're tired of not knowing what you're doing and what you're saying. We want to hear more clearly, Lord. So we just ask you right now, work in us by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit by the power of the Spirit. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 we love you. Jesus, Jesus, we love you. Let's begin to worship over us.
as long as there's people to be prayed for. If you have children in the ministry in the children's building, uh, this would be a time to go pick them up if you're not being prayed for. Uh, I'd like to get a couple of the elders that are here. I hope we have a couple of them here. Um, let's see, Richard, would you help me? And uh, who else do I have here? I'm trying to look, look around. Oh, you guys right there, Bruce. Gather around Sasha right here. Phil, get with Sasha right there. Sasha is getting ready to plant a Russian church in California, in Los Angeles, I think. And we just want to bless him. Hey, Bruce, come pray, guys. Come pray. Come join us. We just want to bless him this morning as he goes to plant this church. You guys, David, Yajini, you guys go help me there. Let's just really pour out. We want to see this church. He's going to plant a church among Russians in that city. And uh, it's just what a great opportunity we have to see a church planted. But Father, we just reached out. Ray, join. Uh, are you going to get kids? Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 